Hello, friends. This is the Messenger Podcast, where our goal is to develop messengers whose lives tell the story of the gospel. The gospel, the good news of life, can reach into every part of our everyday. So we want to use this time to explore what that means for you and your world. And today, I'm so excited to be joined by New York Times bestselling author, leadership expert, and speaker, Andy Andrews. Andy, welcome to the show. Addison, man, thank you. I am honored to be here. Come on, we're gonna have fun today. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, before we dive in, I wanna I wanna be all official and read your bio, okay? So that way everyone oh, knows who oh. you are and oh, what man. you're all about. You ready? Here it comes, yeah, here it comes. It's right. really official. <laughs> Hailed by a New York Times reporter as someone who has quietly become one of the most influential people in America, Andy Andrews is a best-selling novelist, speaker, and consultant for some of the world's most successful teams largest corporations, and fastest-growing organizations. Listeners in more than 100 countries have subscribed to his weekly podcast, The Professional Noticer. And he is the author of the New York Times bestsellers, The Noticer, How Do You Kill 11 Million People, and the modern classic, The Traveler's Gift, which has sold millions of copies worldwide. He lives in Orange Beach, Alabama, with his wife, Polly, and their two sons. Wow. Okay, so Andy, I am so, so honored to have you on the show today. Seriously, thank oh, you man, for I'm taking the time to do this. And uh, man, I know I know there are a lot of demands on your time. I know you have a book that's launching. And so you have a lot of other things you could be doing right now. So it means a ton that you'd be on here with us. They're excited to be. All right, so you ready? I'm going to throw some questions at you. Let's go. So for... All right, so for the listeners who, who might not be familiar with you, I'd love it if you could retrace some steps and tell us a bit about your story. Um, you went from losing your parents at 19 to homeless to today being one of the foremost authors and leadership experts in the world. How did you go from a place of apparent hopelessness to where you are today? Well, I, you know, you're, you're right. I did. My, I was 19 when my parents died. Same year. My mom died of cancer. My dad was killed in a car accident. And I made some bad moves and ended up literally homeless before that was even a word. You know, 35 years ago, nobody was talking about homeless people. That wasn't a term anybody used. But I was sleeping under a pier on the Gulf Coast and in and out of people's garages, which is not safe or smart, but I did. And I I met this old guy um, late one night under my pier, scared me to death. I, you know, I, and, and we, but I knew who he was. We, we had seen this guy uh, in and out of town. We never knew where he stayed when he was in town, never knew where he went when he left, didn't know how old he was. You know, you look at him and go, is he 80 or 180? We weren't really sure. And, <laughs> and we, you know, we didn't know what was in the suitcase he carried around. Uh, and we call everybody called him Jones, uh, not, okay. not Mr. Jones, just Jones. And, and so, Stones. yeah, and so we, you know, he was the first person in my life to really kind of tell me the truth about myself. And this mm. guy was, he, he always happened to be, you know, where somebody needed him, a very mysterious old man. And and that was really kind of the beginning. He got me started reading. He, he got me started, you know, I had always been kind of a field and stream sports illustrated kind of person. And he got me started reading <laughs> biographies. And, and uh, you know, I, I read a couple of hundred biographies in the next, that first several years there. And, and, um, and, and, and really reading those biographies, I started noticing, you know, you can't help but notice some things when you're, you're reading that many biographies. But the, I, I was noticing the principles that these great people built their lives around. And, 
Hmm. And so I, I finally determined there were seven of them that were just present in all these lives. Now, I wasn't sure that every one of these people knew they had all seven, I, you know, it seemed like they knew they had two or three of them every time. But, but I, I remember thinking, well, what happens to somebody who knows all seven? You know, what happens to a kid whose parents know all seven and, and, and raise that child with those seven principles? And so that, that became, years later, that became the, the, the basis for the story, The Traveler's Gift, which was... Um, you know, a story about a family going through a tough time and a dad gets to travel through time, meeting with seven historical figures who are also going through a tough time in their own life. He used to be with uh, Anne Frank in the Annex and Lincoln at Gettysburg. He, each one of these seven historical figures gives this man one of these principles uh, that and tells him that if he puts this in his life, things will change. And so that was really kind of the the breakout thing there with the writing and the the speaking and uh in between in between that i was a comedian (laughs) i I literally got out i literally you know out from under the pier uh and you know so no i was imagining you under the pier doing the comedy bits well no i was you got out from under the pier yeah, this was way before there were any comedy clubs everywhere. You know, there was only like Caroline's in New York and then the improv at the comedy store in LA. And and so, you know, I was going to places and the Holiday Inn and asking the guy mm. to let me like talk between his sets on the guitar. And, you know, I was I was doing this for people who had never seen a live comedian in their life. And of course, even after they'd seen me, they hadn't probably seen one. But <laughs> But I, you know, I, I ended up kind of pulling it off and uh, toured for two years with Joan Rivers and for five years with Kenny wow. Rogers and with uh, Cher and Shaka Khan and uh, Dolly wow. and Garth Brooks and Randy Travis. I, I, and so and I was about, I was like 40 before I wrote The Traveler's Gift. It, you know, I was on a bus with Kenny Rogers and Kenny and I were talking about growing up. And he was talking about, you know, growing up in a garage in Houston, Texas with 150 brothers and sisters or whatever it was. And, and, uh, you know, I was telling him about living under the pier and these seven things. And he said, well, you you know, you need to start talking about them in your show. And I said, uh, well, they're not funny. And he said, oh, that's all right. You know, you're a talker, just like transition. I said, so be funny, then be serious. He said, yeah, and then be funny again. And so then I asked him the big question. I said, you want me to do it in your show? Because we were doing these arenas, you know? It was like me, the Oak okay. Ridge Boys, and Kenny, or me, uh, Dolly Parton, and Kenny. And so, and so he said, yeah, I think so. And so I, I really, like right in the middle of the comedy, I'd throw in some of this thing. And so it's really how I learned to deliver serious topics with humor. And yeah. And so at, at, at some point, pretty soon after that, I, I wrote The Traveler's Gift. And I, I, you know, ended up writing uh, a book about the old man, about Jones, called, it, it was The Noticer. And and then that, you know, was a, a Good Morning America book of the month. And so there uh, I, there was a, a sequel, The Noticer Returns. And now we got, uh, coming out right, right now, is is Just yeah. jo- just Jones. And and so it's 
it stands alone, though. I mean, you don't have to read the other books before you read this one. It it's, it okay. literally stands alone. And it was, but it's just Jones. Sometimes the thing seems impossible until it is actually done. All right, and I'm going to ask you some questions about that subtitle because that's an intriguing subtitle. But first, I know people listening to this episode, they're wondering, what are the seven things? Can you give us a little taste of the seven? Now, see, if I tell you the seven things, they seem like nothing. You know, they seem like nothing because 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 you, you're going to want the context because we, like the, the very first one is responsibility. And it's, it's like, mm. yeah, well, I never heard that. Right. I mean, <laughs> you know, and so, it, it's a, but let me give you some context on that one. All right. And okay. and uh, then if you want the context on the other ones, Addison, I'll send you the book. Uh, so that sounds great. So the, uh, the responsibility, everybody has heard it. But nobody really seems to understand what it's about. There seem to be two different, uh, you know, extremes on the topic of responsibility. We hear it talked about all the time, but the two extremes, you know, there's one extreme that says, until these people accept responsibility for where they are, these people are never going to be able to. And then you got the other extreme going, but it's not their fault. You know, don't you know what his mother was like? And, you know, it's, it's, so it's two extremes. And... You know, responsibility is not about, uh, you know, making people feel bad about where they're from or about their past. Or it, it, Responsibility is about hope and control. And who among mm. us doesn't want to have hope for a greater future that we have, you know, some control over our, with the choices we make? And so, you know, if you blame your mother, if you blame your your neighbors, if you blame the weather, if you blame COVID, if you blame the environment, if you blame, uh, you know, the president, uh, it, it, you know, there's not a lot of hope and control there. I, I mean, if, mm. if where I have ended up in my life really is the fault of the president of the United States, what am I going to do about that? <laughs> I might as well jump off a sure. cliff, you know, because I mean, what am I going to do about the president of the United States, whoever the president happens to be? And so, right. it, it, but... But, you know, if I can look in a mirror and I can say, you know, I, I've had some crazy things happen in my life. I've had some tragedies happen. And I have made choices in response to those crazy things that have led my life right down a pathway to a place I don't like. If I can understand that I can make choices that will lead me to a place I don't like, doesn't it just make logical sense I could also make choices that would lead me to a place I do like? So the game becomes make better choices. And that's what the other six principles are about. Okay. Well, let me ask you this then. Because uh, I, I understand what you're saying. Without the context, without the nuance, these principles that are precious, they can be, become cheapened. So as someone who's seen a lot of success, what are some of the little choices, some of those little decisions that you make daily or weekly that have had the biggest impact on your journey up till now? You know, um, I, I can I can answer that by telling you something Jones told me one time that I did not understand. Uh, in fact, it's taken me three decades to really unpack it. And what he said was, remember, you can't believe everything you think. Hmm. And I, you know, I didn't really get that at first, but but now I understand. You know, you say, what are some of the little choices that can lead you? Well, one of those choices is uh, your perspective. Okay, you know, most people, if you ask, um, 
And and Jones would he talks all about he talks about perspective all the time. And so and so mm-hmm. one of these one of these uh, things if you ask somebody, okay, so what is perspective? Most people would say, well, it's like how you see a thing. Like, do you see the glass half empty or do you see the glass half full? But Jones would say, well. It's more than that. It's not just how you see a thing. It's how you choose to see a thing. Because, mm-hmm. because the glass, it, it is what it is. I mean, the, the amount of liquid in the glass is no different. But, but we know that uh, people that, that choose to see it as half empty, those, those are not people who are overwhelmed with opportunities. Those people don't get promoted a lot. Uh, you know, nobody wants to be around a glass half empty person all the time. People don't follow Eeyore up the hill into machine gun fire, you know? And, <laughs> and, so, and yet glass half full people, those are the people we want to follow. Those are, those are the yeah. people we promote. Those are the people we want to hire. Those are the, that's how we want our children to be. And so, it, so, but remember, you know, the level of liquid in the glass just is okay but but how you choose and so so one of those little things that creates success and uh, you know amazingly creates a uh, a close relationship with Jesus Christ is how we choose to see a thing yeah 100% so what might Jones tell us about navigating this year this this year of 2020 of covid of election of cultural tensions all the all the uncertainty all the uncertainty everything that this year has offered what would jones tell us about a healthy way to navigate this year jones would say okay everything is just as uncertain today as it was the day before you thought it was uncertain you know, it, I love that. It, I know, love that. That is so good. Because he said it was uncertain before you ever thought, gosh, things are uncertain. He said yes. you just weren't thinking about it. And so, again, it's how you choose to think about it. And Jones told me once, he said, look, he said, uh, there is not just hope. There is a proof of hope. And, mm. and he said, you know— hard times. He said, this is just normal. He said, you know, everybody's in a crisis, coming out of a crisis, or headed for a crisis. That's part of being with us on this planet. He said, but, but you know, everybody also has a worst time in their life. Everybody does. If you, if you examine a completed life and you look from birth to death, you can always play, well, there was the worst time. Everybody has one. But, but even if you you are in the worst time of your life. There's not just hope. There's a proof of hope. And the proof, Jones yes. says, is that you're still breathing. If you're still breathing, you're still here. If you're still here, that means you haven't completed what you were put here to do. If you haven't completed what you were put here to do, that means your very purpose has not yet been fulfilled. If your purpose hadn't been fulfilled, that means the most important part of your life 
is still ahead of you, the coolest part of your life. The, the, there's more laughter. There's more hmm. children to help, more friends to influence. There's more to become, more to learn. There is more. This is not just hope. It's a proof of hope. I love that. Our goal with this podcast is to remind our listeners that no matter who they are, what they do, they're a messenger to our world and their life is a message. So what, what might Jones say to our audience about how to bring the message of their life to the world? I, I, think, I think we all want to become people that other people want to be around. Hmm. It, it, uh, it allows our witness. It allows our influence. Yeah. I had a, uh, uh, the, the, the wife of a Supreme Court justice call me one time, and, and she was angry because I, I had done a uh, television show uh, in New York, and I had, uh, uh, you know, according to her, she said, you had him right where you wanted him, and you didn't, you didn't, you know, hammer the nail. You didn't close the box on him. You didn't tell him what we better understand. If we, and, and I said, well, you're right. I didn't. And I said, can I tell you why? And she said, sure, I would love to hear. She said, my husband and I have read your books and we feel like we know what you believe. And, and you know, and she, she was very frustrated. And I said, well, here's the thing. I said, we have... Uh, a leadership void in this nation that is uh, is kind of invisible, and and the leadership void is that people don't really understand how it works. I said that you know the the essence of leadership is influence, and the essence of influence is agreement, not disagreement. Hmm. Agreement. Hmm. You don't. Follow somebody you disagree with fundamentally, you 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 know, and we've turned into a world where we don't even talk with them, okay? And mm. so, wow. so the essence of influence is agreement. So we have right. to find something we agree on to start the conversation and become friends. And and you can't be friends if you're not friendly. And and so she said, well, there's a problem then because we don't agree on anything anymore. And I said, mm, I, I, I disagree. <laughs> and, and, and I said, I said, you know, I think we I think if you asked anybody, just walk out on the street and yeah. ask anybody, uh, you know, do you want the best for your children? They'll say yes. Yeah. OK. All right. Yes. So so now we have to define what is the best. OK, so. If, if you really and honestly love and care for your children and you want the best, then you have to kind of go to the foundation on the best and understand, okay, the best, that would be one thing. The best is one thing. We're, there can be different categories, but it's only one thing in each category, the best. We're not talking about among the best or some of the best or the best of the decade. We said the best. Okay, and 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 so you really have to use your imagination to find the best. Because do you want the best for yourself? Yes, yes, you do. Okay, do do you believe that God wants His best for you? Oh, yeah, I do. Okay, well, who has a better imagination, you or God? Mm, probably <laughs> God. Okay, so when God's imagining His best for you, and you're imagining the best for you, how big is that gap? But the best is one thing. Okay, and so so to find the best, 
You know, it, the best is like the truth. The truth is one thing. And there, there can be different categories, but if we're talking about the truth, it's one sure. thing. Now, now, here's something very curious. Addison, you can, you can know the truth and just kind of sit down and never accomplish the best. But you will never accomplish the best without knowing the truth. Wow. Well, I, I love how you identify this idea of connection, this idea of intimacy. Like People don't care what you know until they know that you care, until you can find that common ground. And the reality is, and we look at as people who follow Christ, people who are of the kingdom, the kingdom of God, it advances at the intersection of relationship. So if we're unwilling to find that place of influence in relationship, we're not able to be a representation of the best in that dynamic. Right. And I and so I I love that challenge. I because it's so easy just to be like, well, I know the truth, and the truth is all there is, and not take the time to really understand the other person and where they're coming from and the breakdowns that are keeping them from understanding the best. And even being humble in our own pursuit of the best, because something that we like to say around messenger is that truth isn't subjective, but its discovery is subject to a journey. Right. We are all on this journey into the person of God, revealed by his word, revealed in prayer. And that's a that's a journey that requires crazy humility and crazy compassion. Um, but man, I love I absolutely love that. Okay, so going back to the book, so the subtitle, and I really hope everyone listening, I hope you've already gone online and ordered this book. But the subtitle of the book, Just Jones, is sometimes the thing seems impossible until it is actually done. Could you unpack that subtitle a bit and give yeah. our listeners a taste of what they're going to find yeah. in the book? It, and and, and it, it's, a, it's actually a very practical subtitle. It's not some magic, okay? Because all you have to do is, is realize that, you know, God, God will direct your steps, right? Okay, but sometimes you go, oh, wow, I don't know where I'm stepping. But, okay, but you're trusting that God... He's going to direct your steps, but you, you still you get kind of nervous about it. But when you look back, you realize, wow, I, God's been with me all the time. God got me through that. Yes. He got me through that. Got me through that. You know, I wonder sometimes if the disciples had to remind each other of stuff. You know, I mean, they, right? I mean, they, they, you know, throw the throw the net on the other side of the boat, and we're like, ah, seriously. And you know, they do. And then there's the fish, and you know, and I, I wondered, you know, along the way, because we tend to forget. You know, I mean, when Jesus goes, you know, Lazarus, come out. I mean, can't you see the disciples sitting around going, oh, please, don't do not do that. You're going to embarrass everybody. You know, and then somebody said, yeah, well, remember the fish. And it's, oh, yeah, okay, well, let's see what happens. And so, um, you know, I think if we look backwards, we realize that everything around you, you know, the, the table, the microphone, the light, the... Yes. The clock, everything around you was in somebody's imagination before it was ever created. It was all impossible before, you know, it was put in somebody's mind and thought process. And so your your life is a project. You know, Jones talks in this book about, about your boundaries changing and the rules changing. Uh, you know, there's a, a time, a point in the book where somebody asks him about wisdom, and just like the old man, he, you know, answers that and it goes in some other direction. But he, he says, you know, that wisdom is a, a deeper understanding of principle. 
deeper, mm. you know, not a deep understanding, but a deeper. And so when you get a deeper understanding of principle, where do you go from there? Well, deeper, I guess. Okay. And <laughs> yeah. so it's a constant and never ending search. And so as your life progresses, as you, uh, as you become more in tune in your relationship with God, as you become more in tune with uh, his purpose for you on this earth, the rules change, the boundaries change. Okay, because you, you you got to look and realize that he, there's a lot of us living by the same rules that we set years ago. You know, the rules you set for your life, the boundaries you set for your life, what you could become, what you were, what you would do, what you were able to figure out, what, you know, the rules you set for your life years ago mm. were were probably very accurate at that at that moment because you set those rules according to the knowledge and understanding you had at that time. But if you are still living with those boundaries and those rules, some of those rules are obsolete. You know, there there are yeah. there are rules. You know, uh, do not cross the street without holding hands is a perfect rule for a certain time in somebody's life. But there comes a time. When that rule is obsolete. Yeah. And I think I think it's scary for us to admit the expansiveness that God is inviting us into at times. And the truth is, to your point, obedience begets greater acts of obedience. Action begets greater actions. Wisdom begets greater wisdom. And I love the distinction that you made between deeper and deep. Because I think we feel this pressure sometimes. Like, man, we don't have we haven't plumbed the depths. We don't know all of the depths of what it is to be faithful, of what it is to flourish in relationships, whatever context we find ourselves in. But what you're saying is, no, just keep going deeper. Yeah. Just keep realizing that God is calling you deeper to take that next step of faith, right. to do that next thing, whatever it is, whatever that small, seemingly insignificant act of getting outside of the confines of what you thought was possible, whatever that is, it's going to open you up to something so much larger and greater. Yeah, absolutely. And I love that. Hey, Addison, when, anybody... And I'll tell you what, for your for your listeners, um, anybody who who get gets this book, Just Jones, in September, in the month of September, anybody who gets this book, um, if if they'll just like uh, you know take a photo or a screenshot and email that to me at Andy at AndyAndrews.com or just uh, direct message me on any of the social media. I've got a four-hour audio program called Becoming a Noticer, and I will send it to him for free. Wow. Thank you, sir. That's yeah. amazing. So and Andy, that's A-N-D-Y Andrews, right? Yeah. Um, Andy, just, just for our at, listeners. Andy so at AndyAndrews.com. And just you know, send me a screenshot or a, a photo of your receipt, wherever you get the book, and um, and 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 I will I will send you that. It's it's a four-hour audio program. Thing. You know, it's this uh, becoming wow. a noticer. It's like a, it, a, it has the the sections: a new perspective, uh, building fertile ground, reinventing relationships, discovering purpose, and above and beyond it all. And so, it's it's good stuff. And I but I want to share it with with your listeners. Just I mean, just for the people who ha who get just Jones. Okay. All right. Well, thank you, sir. That's that's very gracious of you, and I really hope all of you listening, I hope you take advantage of that. 
And Andy, thank you so much for being here today. Buddy, um, I'm I feel honored. like this time flew you. by. You're doing great work, and I appreciate you so Aww. much. Thank you, sir. That, that means a ton. And I encourage all of you listening, get out there, get a copy of the book. Make sure to take advantage of these bonuses. We'll put them in the show notes as well. Thank you. And as, uh, as you go, yeah, absolutely. And those of you listening, thank you so much for tuning in. And as you go on your way, remember, you are a messenger to the people in your world. Your life is a message. So lean into God's grace and watch your world change. Until next time. Thanks for listening to The Messenger Podcast. Let us know your thoughts by leaving a review. You can subscribe and share these episodes through Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And while you're there, be sure to check out our other shows in The Messenger Podcast Network, including The Godmother with Lisa Bevere, Conversations with John and Lisa, and Let's Talk About It with Sons and Daughters. You can connect with us through Facebook, Instagram, and through our website at messengerinternational.org. Until next time.